the NCAA Frozen Four is returning to Tampa for the third time in 11 years. This year's edition features four powerhouse programs. Quinnipiac, Michigan, Boston University, and Minnesota will battle it out at Amelie for college hockey's top prize. In honor of this occasion, we present this new limited series, Collegiate Bolts. I'm Kevin Erlinson, and each episode you'll hear from a different Lightning player who played in the NCAA. They'll talk about their college experiences, why they chose the NCAA route, and what it was like playing in the NCAA tournament. From the state of hockey to the Jersey Shore, or close enough to it. When Ross Colton made his NHL debut on February 24th of the 2021 season, he became the 25th New Jerseyan to play in the league. Later that summer, he became the fourth New Jerseyan to hoist the Stanley Cup. Of course, none of the three that preceded him scored the cup-winning goal. But before those accomplishments, Colton was just a college student playing at the University of Vermont. How does a kid from Jersey wind up all the way in Burlington, a city just 100 miles south of Montreal? When I was in prep school, it was kind of one of the first schools that showed a lot of interest in me. And I, what really sold it for me was, you know, I knew some of the alumni that went there. I knew the program was kind of uh, in the right spot at the right time. I think I went for a visit the one weekend, and it was uh, winter break, so none of the students were there, and the game was still sold out. And I just thought that was pretty cool. I couldn't imagine what it was like when the students were actually, you know, on campus and in town. So that kind of sold it for me. I just loved the atmosphere and the, you know, the rink and stuff. The NCAA was always in Colton's plans in part because it would allow him to develop as a player, but also because it would help him placate the typical parental expectations. The path I took was kind of always D1. You know, my parents always preached kind of, you know, they wanted me to get a good education first, and then kind of hockey came second, and then it kind of got to the point where I had to tell them, well, I think it's going to be the other way around. It's just a matter of time. So I was kind of always pushing towards uh, going D1. It just was a matter of where, and I kind of wanted to stay somewhere along the East Coast, so um, Vermont worked out. Something we didn't really delve into last episode was the balance that a student-athlete has to find. Taking care of your body, improving your skills, and finishing those pesky econ presentations, it takes a lot of mental fortitude. It's definitely not easy. Um, I would say the biggest thing is kind of just it's mentally exhausting, whereas, you know, once you get to the pro, I think it's more physically exhausting. Yeah, you just got to do a good job of managing, you know, your time away from the rink, you know, in the gym, taking care of your body. There's a lot more practice time and in the gym. So, yeah, just take advantage of the opportunities. I think that's what I try to do is just, you know, as many shoot as many pucks as I could, you know, after practice and, you know, kind of try and do extra work with some of the coaches, whether it be before practice, after practice, or on an off day just because you're not getting as many game reps, you know. Um, Compared to guys in juniors who are playing, you know, what, 70, 80 games, we're only playing 30, especially when we're not making the playoffs. So you had to take advantage of the extra opportunity that you were given. It's really something that most sports fans don't think about. Being a full-time student is a demanding life. Playing NCAA hockey while preparing for a professional career is even more demanding. Imagine the stress of having to live both those lives at the same time. I think it was my sophomore year, like, I, I wouldn't, if we played on Fridays, like, I would wouldn't be able to go to morning skate because I had class at, you know, at 9 a.m. So just like little stuff like that where, you know, you think it's all hockey, hockey, hockey when you go to schools like that, but it's in the same breath, it's really not. There's a lot of school, there's a lot of, you know, time studying up late nights, you know, finishing, you know, assignments, whether it's papers or, you know, studying for exams. And then, like I just said, I remember I would be so mad that I couldn't, you know, go get my body ready for the game because I would have to, you know, go to class in the morning. But, that you know, it just is what it is. It comes with, you know, choosing to go to school. Now, I would imagine that for some of you, hearing the University of Vermont got your senses tingling. Vermont and the Lightning, 
where do I know that from? And as much as I'd like to draw this out for you, there are a lot of listeners screaming the answer at me. That is, of course, Martin St. Louis, along with forward Eric Perrin, were both on the legendary 1996 Vermont team that went to the Frozen Four. It also featured old lightning nemesis Tim Thomas. And as it happened, Colton got to meet them. It was pretty awesome. I think what uh, was really special and pretty cool for me was, I think it was my freshman year. It was alumni weekend and a lot of the guys came back. So Marty was there. I think Eric Pran was there. And I just remember we all went to the game. You know, they came out with us the one night and, you know, we uh, had some drinks, got talking to them. And it was kind of just cool just to pick their brain about, you know, their experiences and some of the memories they had that they were there and some of the traditions and stuff that went on. And then, you know, that still carry over into this day. So it was kind of cool to see that, you know, over time, it's still a lot of stuff lasted. Marty and Perrin were of course on the 2004 team, meaning Colton is the third catamount to win the Stanley Cup as a member of the Lightning. I asked him if he was awestruck when he met Marty. I mean, yeah, a little bit. You know, anytime you're in the presence of some of those guys, um, it's cool, um, especially guys like Marty, who, you know, what struck me was just he was so down to earth and willing to talk out of his way to, you know, approach us guys and give us some tips and pointers. You know, at that young age, it goes such a long way, so it was really cool. Vermont play their home games at the Gutterson Fieldhouse, a 4,000-seat arena that opened all the way back in 1963. It looks smaller than that on the inside, with the stands right on top of the glass in all four directions. You might never guess that a Division I team calls it home, but Colton says it was his favorite place to play. The gut, honestly, at Vermont is probably... Not just because I was biased, I thought it was actually unbelievable, the history and just the old barn feel to it was really cool. With the fans so tight to the ice, a college atmosphere would be even more effective. A raucous student section with a pep band to accompany made for an easy energy boost. Yeah, it's cool. It just it has that college feel, like whether it's a college basketball game, college football game, it just you know gets all the students involved. I remember ours was kind of, we had the one student section behind our home net and then the band was kind of right in the corner. So just when you look that way, the school spirit kind of uh, made you feel kind of into the game, kind of got you excited. And I just remember in warm-ups, they'd always be playing after the game if we won, kind of go over, salute the student section, salute the band. So um, I think it just brings school spirit and kind of brings the team together. In his time at Vermont, Colton did not enjoy a ton of team success. They were a respectable 30-23-12 and in two seasons, but were bounced in the Hockey East tournament early both times. After posting a winning record in 2016-17, the schools had five straight losing records. But they have a new head coach, Toby Woodcroft, to help turn things around, and Colton says he's excited by that potential. It's a great program. The, the coach there right now is doing a great job uh, with the organization. I think he's turning it around. Uh, it was kind of going downhill there for a while, and um, he's doing a good job of bringing in some new coaching staff. Uh, they just redid the building and stuff, so I still stay in touch with him a lot, even though I didn't play for him. He's a really good guy. He always reaches out that if I ever need anything, he's there for me, and uh, I'm excited to see where that program goes. As with our last episode with Nick Perbix, I finished this conversation by asking Colton about putting D1 hockey in Florida, and he is all for it. I think there's a lot of places that I think could have D1 programs, but I think growing the game down south is huge. There's so many great young players here who you know, have to travel all over the place just to get their name out there and stuff. So uh, yeah, I think it'd be pretty awesome. I know who wouldn't want to play hockey in Florida? Who wouldn't indeed? For Lightning Radio, I'm Kevin Erlinson. Thank you so much for listening to Episode 2 of Collegiate Bolts. Check back on Monday for Episode 3 with former University of Notre Dame defenseman Ian Cole. You can find our episodes and even more Lightning Radio content wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Lightning Radio On Demand. 
Frozen 4 seats are still available. Tickets start at $50 for the semifinals on April 6th and the final on April 8th. Go to NCAA.com slash MFrozen4 for more.